I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode, The Power of Your Words. Last episode, we talked about reincarnation and how karmic law works beyond a single lifetime. Today, I want to talk about the power of the spoken word and how you can use your words to create positive karma and transmute negative karma. But first, as a foundation to understanding the power of the spoken word, I want to elaborate a bit on what we've already talked about during our first few shows. We talked about the I Am Presence, that part of us that was made in the image and likeness of God with all the divine qualities of the Godhead, like a miniature replica that contains all the same properties but a very unique expression of the deity. And we are androgynous, just as God is, male and female. And it's the feminine aspect of ourself, the soul, that descends into the physical realms to spiritually evolve its divine qualities and return to its source, the I Am Presence. And the I Am Presence is the masculine polarity that always is in spirit. So this is why we instinctively think of God as masculine, but in reality, God is androgynous, both masculine and feminine. The ultimate goal of life is permanently reuniting with your I Am Presence and not being required to re-embody on Earth. This permanent reunion is a ritual called the Ascension. As a reminder, science says all things are a manifestation of energy. The only difference between any two things is its vibration and frequency. So what science calls energy, our spiritual traditions refer to as light. When we are born into the physical body, we descend into the physical world, which is a denser energy frequency. But we never lose our connection to our source, our I Am Presence. We are connected by a powerful stream of light from the heart of our I Am Presence to our heart chakra or spiritual center, which is superimposed over our physical heart. This stream of light is what the Bible calls the silver cord. This energy that flows to us from the I Am Presence is what sustains us here. When it's withdrawn, we have what we call death. The life force no longer is in the physical form. This energy also is ours to use either constructively or destructively. Remember, we have free will. So we're creating every second of our lives, choosing how we qualify or use this energy because it's just a continual flow of the life force. In addition to our actions, we create through thought, through feeling, and through the spoken word. And it's important to note that we create positive and negative results by the vibration that we send forth. When we are negative or depressed, 
we're misqualifying that pure light and we're experiencing a very low frequency energy. We have free will and we can choose how we use this energy, setting causes into motion and reaping the effects of those causes. An example of this is every time you say, I am this or I am that, you are literally invoking the power of God within you to create that very condition, whether it's constructive or destructive. So again, we need to be aware of how we speak. When we begin to talk about our words, about sound, about the word, there's a sound from the east, the om, that means I bow, I greet, I accept. It's an affirmation of our true being as we center ourselves in that point of bowing to our higher self, the I am presence of affirming we are immortal beings and accepting our reason for being and our responsibility to be. Intoning of the Om releases the frequency of the word, that same word that went forth as the origin of creation, and it takes us back to that point of origin. And there's a correlation between the Om and I am that I am. The Om is going within to that fiery core of being, just like the fire that did not consume the bush when Moses was on the mount. And the I am that I am is the going forth with the fire of the heart of the divine presence to create. Now let's talk more specifically about sound. There have been many experiments with sound and how it impacts the physical world. Well, one great experiment, if you want to call it that, is where we read in the Bible when God said, let there be light, and there was light. The very first great experiment that was recorded, and a great key for us also. We can give that same fiat, let there be light, and there will be light. However, the Bible is not the only place you find this action recorded. In the ancient Hindu Vedas we read, In the beginning was Brahman, with whom was the Word, and the Word is Brahman. Now this somewhat parallels the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, Jewish, and Sufi mystics all believe that it is the Word that creates, pervades, and sustains everything that exists. If this is truly the case, then the Word is the most powerful creative force in the physical universe. There have been many contemporary experiments that have brought forth some amazing revelations about sound. Take Dr. Masuro Moto's experiments with water around in the 1990s. He performed a series of experiments observing the physical effects of words, prayers, music, and the environment on the crystalline structure of water. He had photographers take pictures of the water after it was exposed to these various conditions, sounds, and then frozen, which formed crystalline structures. And the results were quite remarkable. Prior to the experiment, the water didn't really have any particular structure, just sort of a random shape and form. But after being exposed to various words, both positive and negative, the water took a definite form. In the case of positive words, or in the case of prayer, beautiful forms resulted. 
When negative words or phrases were used, the water took on ugly formations that were not geometrically balanced. All of his experiments are well documented and you can research them. Another well-known study in the 1960s is Cymatics by Dr. Hans Jenny, who studied visible sound and vibration. Now his experiments involve sand placed on metal plates. Then he would produce different frequencies of sound and watch the sand move into beautiful patterns. And these patterns were unique to each of the vibrations that he'd use. And these patterns would be sustained as long as the sound was sounding and then collapse when the sound ended. So he also demonstrated that sound does affect physical matter. Now we generate creative sound using our voice and throat chakra, the spiritual center in our energy body located over our throat area. Think about how much more powerful is it to say and feel, I love you, to your spouse or child than to simply think and feel, I love you, towards someone. Sending that love through your feelings is very positive. But when you express it verbally, how much more powerful and meaningful? Our spoken word is more powerful than we sometimes realized, whether used positively or negatively. We are impacting matter and creating. The Ascended Master St. Germain says, Watch so nothing goes out from you except that which is harmonious, and do not allow a destructive word to pass your lips, even in jest. Remember, you deal with a force of some kind every instant of eternity, and you are its qualifier at all times. This is a tall order when you think about how we talk so freely without thinking of any consequences. But the law of cause and effect is always working. And if we want to have the fulfilled and happy, productive life that we desire, then we must put into action the things we want to reap. I've also talked about Florence Scovel Shin, a metaphysical teacher and lecturer in the early 1900s. She developed her own brand of religion, definitely one of the early pioneers in this area. And I love her writings. You can't read them without being lifted and recommitted to speaking the words that create your circumstances. Her theory was, and this is reflected in her books, that man, meaning humanity, can change his condition by changing his words. There's one particular example she gives of a man that she knew and how he said, I always miss a streetcar and invariably pulls out just as I arrive. But his daughter always said, I always catch a streetcar. It's sure to come just as I get there. Now, Florence observed these two different attitudes put to words for years. And it was easy to see how each of them made a separate law for themselves that was fulfilled in their lives. Any limiting beliefs that you may have and then you verbalize them, you're solidifying them into your world. So what is the remedy? The remedy is to speak the result that you do want and eliminate the belief that you may have accepted about your life, whatever that may be. It really behooves us to think about the words we use and the common expressions that we often verbalize that are not always constructive. So 
Florence talks about a situation that she faced herself and how she resolved it. She said it took a long while for her to get out of a belief that when a certain thing happened, it brought disappointment. If that thing happened, disappointment invariably followed her. She, she didn't elaborate on what that was, but just this pattern of her belief. She ultimately found that the only way she could make a change in her subconscious was by asserting there are not two powers. There's only one power, God. Therefore, there are no disappointments, and this thing means a happy surprise. So she turned that belief around using her spoken word. And once she made that switch in her thinking and language, which affected her belief, she noticed a change at once. And happy surprises did begin coming her way. She had a tremendous momentum on speaking the word, so much so that people would come to her from all over the world to have her speak the word for conditions in their lives. And people's lives changed because of it. It was a very powerful demonstration. When we want to speak the word and create a condition in our life, make the affirmative statement as if the condition has already manifested. And what I mean by this is speak, for example, by saying, I'm so happy and so grateful that my debts are paid off and I owe no man anything. Speak as if it has already happened. And remember, when you say, I am, you're invoking the power of God within you to create that condition. Now, that's not all, because not only do you speak the words as if it's already happened, but you need to feel the result. You need to feel what's it like to have your debts paid off and you owe no man anything. Wow, what does it feel like? You want to be in that feeling because that's the vibration that your word is creating. And that's what you're putting forth to attract that condition to you. And then you see it done and you know it's already done. Just a matter of manifesting in the physical and giving thanks that you've received it and you refuse to go back to any lower vibration or attitude. This is what we call today the law of attraction. What vibration you put forth is what you attract to yourself. So if you want the state of being out of debt, then you must think, feel, and affirm that this is the case. Because the universe responds to vibration. Whether it's real or not in the physical world, it's created when you put forth the vibration. If you want the perfect mate to come into your life, then you need to be the perfect mate for that one coming. Worry, doubt, depression, loneliness, none of this will attract what you desire. Like attracts like. Kind of reminds me of Gandhi's famous quote, to be the change we wish to see in the world. Really does all begin with you. When you understand that you can consciously create with your spoken words and by raising your vibration, you begin to see that not only can you transform your own life, which in turn transforms your environment and those around you, but you can transform conditions in the greater world. And that's particularly when a group holds the same intention and imagines and feels the final result and speaks the word for it to come into manifestation. This is where the understanding of vibration and frequency helps you to apply various frequencies of light 
specifically to particular conditions. For instance, from the white light of the one source, there are seven rays or frequencies that emanate and that correlate to qualities of the deity. We also ensoul these frequencies as they correlate to the seven major chakras superimposed over organs of our physical bodies. This is in our energy body. And these energy frequencies that manifest, manifest as color and vibration that can be invoked using our voices and put to use in our creative use of the word. The violet frequency is what I want to talk about today. It's referred to as the violet flame or violet fire. It's a powerful energy frequency that transmutes. The violet frequency is what I want to talk about today specifically. It's called the violet flame or violet fire and it's a powerful energy frequency that transmutes or changes energy. Remember energy can't be destroyed or created, only changes form. So transmuting is changing, changing energy that is of a lower vibration to a higher vibration. And by visualizing, feeling, and speaking the word is how you can use a violet flame to transmute or change conditions. Science and medicine understand the purifying qualities of the ultraviolet light. Many of us even use it in our homes, in our water purifiers, or in our furnaces to disinfect and remove harmful organisms. Now, through the universal law of transmutation, you too can use this same light to free yourself from unwanted thought patterns and painful memories that continually draw unwanted experiences. The violet light has the highest frequency of the visible color spectrum. An ultraviolet light, which is invisible to the naked eye, is very powerful with its purifying qualities. For instance, in the case of an illness, which also has a specific vibrational frequency, by concentrating on and invoking the violet flame and superimposing it upon the illness, we see healing taking place by raising the vibration of the ill part or area of the body where the illness has taken hold. The Ascended Master Saint Germain brought forth the understanding of the powerful spiritual frequency of the violet flame, something that was only known in the past to spiritual initiates who spent hours in meditation to discover it. This particular frequency of light is a powerful transmutative force, meaning it has the power, as we've said, to transmute energy from a lower frequency to a higher frequency, and to free energy from limiting patterns, memories, and emotions, such as past traumatic experiences, buried resentments, painful memories of any kind, and any energy that is holding you back. Negative memories and painful experiences are just energy trapped into a pattern and just needs to be released. The violet flame is an amazing spiritual technology that indeed can transform our individual as well as our collective lives. Using the violet flame in meditation and with mantras and decrees is a powerful technology for change and for transmuting negative karma. The key is to direct this special flame of spiritual energy through intention, 
visualization, and the spoken mantra or decree as we've been discussing. And of course, it's most powerful when spoken aloud, employing the power of sound. The violet flame is called the cosmic eraser. And this is because it's a spiritual fire that transmutes the cause, the effect, the record, and the memory of negative karma created through our misuses of energy, this lifetime or any other lifetime. It's an effective spiritual tool that allows us to transmute and clear our past history, even when we don't know the details of that history. And it does this by dissolving the magnetic charge of discordant energy patterns. doesn't mean that you'll lose all memory of an event that has just happened. It just means that the emotional charge of the event has been transmuted and the energy can flow freely again. As we know, again, energy cannot be destroyed. It can only change forms. And this is what the violet fire does. It frees energy from discordant patterns so that it is restored to its original free-flowing purity. Invoking this flame is like giving the comfort of a cup of cool water to yourself and others. It is also the flame of joy as energy becomes freed. When you give the violet flame mantras and decrees, you simply raise your vibration by transmuting the heavy energies and karma, even when you don't know what the karma or energy might be. As you invoke it, you can store this vibration, this energy in all of your chakras and in all levels of your being. So when you meet challenges in life, you are prepared to transmute whatever you might be facing or whatever is coming up from the past. We can accumulate the violet fire in our aura and it is very powerful. It's kind of like being prepared before anything happens. There are three chakras or spiritual centers that we use to consciously create. They are the heart that we've talked about with meditation, the throat with the spoken word, and with our third eye. It's termed third eye. It's, it's the spiritual eye located in the forehead between your two physical eyes. And we use this center to visualize the final outcome. So it's the heart, it's the throat that brings it into the physical and the visualization using the third eye. These three together are the formula for spiritual alchemy, for precipitation, for manifestation. You only put your attention upon negative conditions for the purpose of focusing light into those situations while holding the vision for the perfect outcome. This way you're not fighting a negative condition or something that's coming up in your own consciousness, but rather you are allowing it and you are transmuting that energy which is misqualified energy, and that's for divine resolution. So you accept what is and then change it through the application of the vital fire which is divine love and joy in action. As an emphasis, you don't suppress negative things that are coming up in you, whether they're emotions or memories or whatever, but you allow them to come forth and move into that sacred frequency for transmutation. 
So what this means, you don't have to be frustrated or depressed by the news anymore. Invoke the violet flame and call for divine resolution in these situations that come up. I want to give you two violet flame mantras that you can begin with to use in your daily meditations. I've put this recording in an adjoining episode so you can download it for easier use. And you can use this recording daily or as often as you want. Just start by centering in your heart and then visualize the violet fire in and around your entire being, expanding to fill your aura. Or you can project that violet flame and visualize it around others who are in need of healing or help or around conditions in the world or in your country, your community, whatever. In our next episode, we're going to learn about Ascended Masters, those who have mastered time and space and have permanently reunited with God, no longer subject to life and death in the physical world. And we'll learn how you too can do this so you won't want to miss it. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. I'm Nancy Showalter, and you've been listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And to follow more of my work, visit me at nancyshowalter.com.